Bible says, There was in the day of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named, um, some of you, you say uh, Zachariah, but if you notice, the name is not in Hebrew, but it's in Greek. So it's Zacharias, right? <laughs> are, you, are you still here? So I'm going to say Zacharias. Um, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, his wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Verse 6. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But then they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. I wanted to mark that word. And the Bible says, and she were, and they were both well advanced in age. So mark that word, advanced in age. That tells you that um, these people were not young people. They were advanced. That means they are over 60, 70, 80. Are you following? Now, the next verse, verse 8. So it was, while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, so it was that while he was serving Give me verse 8 again. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 10. And the whole multitude of the priests was praying outside at the hour of incense. Verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. He was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Glory to God. Now, who is Zacharias? Zacharias was, an, was a priest of ancient Israel. Now, for Zacharias, he, he, he had been chosen by scab lot. You know, those days, they do, what's, what's all this distraction? Those days, they do, um, they do scat lots. Like, you know, you know what a lot is? Like, where you do a lot, and you want to choose. So, they, so there are several priests, and then Zachari Zacharias was the one who was chosen to serve in the, in the temple. Now, listen very carefully. If you are a priest, if you are that priest assigned to serve at the altar of incense, they had a track record. The reason why it was a very special office is because anyone who occupied this office was given a special requirement. The person had a track record of answered prayers. Everybody say answered prayers. Every priest who ministered at the altar of incense had a track record of answered prayers. You know? And that will prove to be the case. The first day that Zachariah 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 stood to serve at the altar. A miracle happened to him that day. He went to serve and offer prayers to the Lord. You know, while he's praying, others are praying in the other courts. You know, people are praying on the outside. They are raising their prayer. But he's there standing for everybody. And usually, anyone who sits at the altar of incense has the track record of answered prayers. Now, interestingly for, for um, Zacharias, the day he would go to pray was the day everything changed about his life. And not only his life, but for the whole world. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 
Now, during the course of his duty, while he was at the altar of incense, something happened. An angel appeared to him. And the angel told him something that is going to be so significant. The angel told him, he said, from this day, you are going to have a son. You know what? When the angel told him that thing, it, it reminds me of Abraham. When God told Abraham, when he was um, 100 years old, almost 99, and then Sarah, God said, you are going to have a son by this time next year. And I says Sarah was 90 years old. She started laughing. He said, how can me, a, as, as old as I am, give birth to a child? The same thing happened to, Zac to Zacharias too. When God told him, you are going to have a child, and the Bible lets us know very carefully that they were well advanced in age. Glory to God. They were well advanced in age. But you see, the boy that Zacharias was going to produce was going to be a special child. So special that it could not even be named by any of his relatives. You know, in those days, when a child is born, they will usually name the child after a relative or after the father. That was the process. But for some reason, nobody in the entire scripture has ever been called John. Nobody. And the angel said, this child shall be called John. There's a reason why. Are you still here? Now verse 13. Let's continue. But the angel, but the angel said to him, he says, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. Verse 14. Everybody read together, want to go. And you have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Verse 15 now says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall not drink wine or strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Now question then is, how did John get filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb? It tells you that the mother also was filled with the Holy Ghost. Because when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, everything in you also gets full of the Spirit as well. Can you shout amen? That's why if you're a pregnant mother, be filled with the Spirit. You're filled with the Spirit, your child also will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. That's so powerful. Verse, verse 16 now. Verse 16. Bible says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Verse 17. He will also go before him in the Spirit. Now, notice, notice very carefully. Not only will this John turn many to the Lord, but there's something about this John. He says, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Are you seeing that? Is that much for you on your screen? Okay, good. I'm not seeing it here on mine. That's why I'm wondering. Maybe I should come down come and see what you are seeing. <laughs> it's better for me to see. All right. He says, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 18. Verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, he says, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in age. That's what he told the angel. You know what? When he told the angel that nonsense, you know what the angel told him? The angel said, From today henceforth, you will not speak again. And the angel made him dumb. And death at the same time. Hallelujah. Because how can you doubt an angel? An angel from God cannot lie. They cannot lie. Whatever they told you, because they are messengers of God. Whatever God said to them, they will bring to you the same information. That means they cannot lie. So how can you doubt an angel? An angel is telling you you're going to have a child. He's saying, how will these things happen? How can these things be? Next verse. Um, then, you know what happened next? 
because of his unbelief, the angel, Gabriel, actually it was Gabriel that, that came to him. Angel Gabriel made him unable to speak and made him dumb. So he couldn't talk from that, that time. Do you know why? So that he's not going to affect or destroy what God has started in his life. Hallelujah. You know, God didn't want the guy to utter any more words of unbelief so that he was not going to scatter what God is trying to do. Now, let's go down to verse 57. Now, Elizabeth, Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered. And she brought forth a son. So that means for good nine months, the husband couldn't talk to the wife. Can you just imagine? And how did he get dumb? He went to the presence of God to go and pray. He came out, he couldn't talk. People even thought that man, this man, this man must have seen something from God. He must have a vision. So he couldn't speak about what happened. So for, for many months, many didn't even know that Elizabeth was pregnant. All of a sudden, they just saw her giving birth to a, to, to a son. Verse 58. With her neighbors and relatives, they heard how the Lord has shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day, verse 59, that they came to circumcise the child, and then would have called him by the name of his father. What was the name of his father? Zacharias. So according to the custom, I, I told you, when a child is born, they either name the child after the father's name or any of the relatives of old. So on the day of his naming, the day they were supposed to name the child, on the eighth day, they were supposed to call him Zacharias. But his mother answered and said, no! He says, you shall call him what? You shall call him what? John. Why? And then, verse, verse says, and they said to her, there is um, no one among your relative who is called by that name. So that means it was, it was strange for them. For some reason, for some reason from somewhere, somebody just showed up somewhere, and you're calling John from where? How did you get that name? From where did you get that name? Now, notice something in verse 62. And they made signs to his father that he would have been, that what he would have been called. Notice, I asked myself this question. If Zachariah was only dumb, listen, if a person is dumb, what does that mean? It means they can't talk. So if a person is dumb, you can talk to them, they can hear you. Am I correct? So why would they make sign? Why would they do a sign language to the Zachariah? That means he was also deaf. That's what happened. Because they had to make sign to his father what he would have been called. And then he asked for a writing tablet. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying his name is John. Bible says, and they all marveled. You know why? I, I even asked myself a question. I said, if Zachariah was dumb and deaf right from the altar of incense, how did he tell his wife? That his name should be called John. Maybe you wrote on the paper or something for her to know. Are you following? So, Bible says, so they were surprised how that the husband agreed to what the wife was saying. Bible says, they all marveled. Verse 64, immediately, man takarahaya. Immediately he wrote it. Bible says, his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, praising God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout a louder Hallelujah. So all those who came at the ceremony were dumbfounded. You know, how can you call this child's name? How can you name the child, not the dad's name, not the relative's name, just a strange name? So they questioned the father. Now look at the next verse, verse 65. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them, and they were saying, and all they were saying were discussed throughout all the hills country of Judea. 
66. And all those who heard and kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, tell neighbor there are secrets in the Hebrew and Greek languages. I read to see one. Now, Zachariah. Okay, now, let's start with the word John. John, the Greek name, the Greek word for John is the word Johanna. Everybody say Johanna. Johanna in the English means grace. Write it down. So anytime somebody is called John, his name is actually Grace. The same, the same name. Are you getting it now? Whether you call your child, someone say Grace is for female. Is John not for female? That one is your business. They will mean the same thing. <laughs> Are you following? Uh-huh. So whether you call your, your daughter John or you call her Grace, they are all the same. Johanna, they are all the same meaning. Right? Now, remember about the man. Listen very carefully. Listen. Revelation is coming now, so pay attention. Don't miss. I'm showing you the secrets, the hidden secrets in the Hebrew names and the Greek names now. Can you all hear me very well? Can you hear me very well? Or should I switch my mic? I should continue? All right, good. Okay. Now, remember, the prophecy that came about the child, John, would not only will he prepare the way of the Lord, but the prophet says something important. He says he will come in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Now, what is the meaning of the word Elijah? Elijah is also a Hebrew name. It comes from two words in the Hebrew. The first word is called Elohim. Everybody say Elohim. And the second word is Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh. Now, I'm teaching you Hebrew. Now, Elijah in the Hebrew, in English, simply means Yahweh is creator God. Are you following? Now, Elijah, notice, why is it that the prophet said he will come in the power and the spirit of Elijah? I'm, I'm going somewhere. Notice, why didn't he call any other prophet? Why Elijah? Why particularly Elijah? There's a reason why. Now, remember, who succeeded after Elijah? Elisha. Now, Elisha also is from two Hebrew words. The first word is El, and the second word is um, Yahshua. Yahshua, which means, El means God. It's a short form for God, right? And Yahshua means Savior. So, in English, it means God is Savior. Hey, hey. Revelation is types and shadows. Notice, Elijah was equivalent to John. Listen very carefully. Now, after Elijah went, Elisha is the type of Christ. That's why his name is called God our Savior. Elisha means God is Savior. Talking about the one that was to come. His name is Jesus. Now, Elijah is a type of John. Why? Remember, based on the Hebrew um, theology and history, it was told us that Elijah wore animal skin, like a coat. Remember the mantle that Elisha took from Elijah when he, when he said to him that when you see me, go. He said, when you see me in the chariot, he says, when you see me, know that you have gotten the anointing. You remember that? He said, my spirit is upon you. I remember Elisha took his mantle. His mantle was his coat, like a jacket. It was made of animal skin. Now, it was said in history that that same um, mantle of, um, of um, Elijah was kept from generation unto generation. So when the prophet, sorry, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Zachariah, he must have offered that same jacket to the father. Because we also know, what was the, what was the clothes that John wore? Animal skin. So it is believed that the same mantle, 
that Elijah wore was the same mantle that John wore, the same clothes. It was kept throughout history. Why? The altar of incense had the case inside. How I wish I could show you the picture, but not today. In the altar of incense, they kept the coat inside there after Elisha died. So from throughout history and generation, they kept that coat. It was the same coat that John wore. Isn't that powerful? That's why he said he came in the spirit of Elijah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So now, we're going somewhere. So, like I told you, so um, Elijah is a type of John, right? Elisha is a, is a what? Is a type of what? Of Jesus. And Elisha means God is Savior. Everybody say God is Savior. Say it again. Say God is Savior. Remember, what is the greatest job of John the Baptist? The greatest job of John the Baptist was to prepare the way for Jesus. And that is what he did. Now, let's, let's look at something else. I said, let me show you more secrets. Show me the word um, Elisha. I already explained that. They didn't show you on the screen. Elisha, who is handling the screen? Move to the next screen. Elisha. You see the word El? Um, um, Yeshua. English means God is Savior. Now, let's go to the word. I said God hides meanings in names. I listen, listen very carefully. In your Bible, no name is a waste. In the scripture, no word is a waste. Every word, every name has a meaning. Let me show you the meaning of the name <laughs> Zachariah and Elizabeth. Are you ready for that now? Now look at this. Now, Zachariah, Zacharias in the Greek is the equivalent of the word Zachariah, right? Which is in Hebrew. Zachariah is Hebrew language. Now, Zacharias comes from two Hebrew words. The first word is Zakar, and the second word is Yah. Now, Yah is the short form of God. Are you following? Zakar means remember. So, Zachariah means what? God remembers. Are, 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 you, are you getting it now? Now, let's go to the word Elizabeth. Elizabeth is from two words in the Hebrew. It's the first word, El. El means my God. Like El, um, like um, Elijah, Elisha. It always, and I see El, El Elyon, Elohim, means God. El means God. Everybody say El means God. Now, it comes from the second word, Shava. Shava means promise. It's like when the word Beth Sheba, Beth Sheba in the Hebrew is also Beth Shava, Beth Shava. Beth Shava means well of promise. Are you, are, you, are you here now? So Elizabeth simply means God's promise. El Shava, God's promise. So, oh boy. And I told you, what's the meaning of the word John? What is the meaning of the word John? So what is the secret in these names? The secret is God remembered his promise and brought forth grace. And who is grace? His name is Jesus. That is the secret right there. So, Zachariah and Elizabeth came together. They brought forth grace. And the Bible says Jesus is the fullness of grace and truth. Hallelujah. You see, this is the reason why, this is the reason why Satan has been so confused. Because God hides secrets in the scriptures. They are, they are called hidden codes. Sometimes God hides meanings in names. Names. There's a reason why God would tell somebody, this person must be called this particular name. Because there's a secret inside. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So now, let's move to um, chapter 2 now. Chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days 
that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, and all the world will be registered. So, um, um, okay, let us continue. Verse 2. The census first took place while Quininius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph, who, was, who, is, the, who, is, who is the husband of Mary, Joseph also went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth in Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it was the house and lineage of David. Now, listen very carefully. Something happened in those days. All of a sudden, King Herod stood up and said, everybody come for censorship. You know, they do that in Nigeria, right? Now, in those days, there's a reason why they do censorship. The purpose of censorship is to collect tax. And in those days, they only collect tax from men. They don't collect tax from women. So everybody has to go back to their hometown. It's like when we're doing voter's card. Right? You go back to your village. You have to travel there to go register. So that will happen in those days too. So John, uh, sorry, Joseph had to travel to his hometown. So he could go register himself and then get his ID so that they can be taxing him moving forward. Now, something interesting happened. Verse, two, verse 5. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So, for some reason, Joseph traveled with Mary. Now, why will Joseph travel with Mary in the first place? We'll get there. Verse 6. So, it was, while they were there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. That means Mary traveled when she was already heavily pregnant. Now, how many of you women would like to travel on Nigerian road when you are nine months? So, why will Joseph and Mary risk that pregnancy and travel with her? Because she had to go on a horse. And you know a horse is moving. The baby is dancing inside it and moving. But it's not, it's not funny. Huh? Even, when you're, even when you're driving a pregnant woman and the car is moving on the road, it's not funny. So imagine the bad roads. Imagine how they had to go through all that. Why will he travel? There's a reason why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 7 now says, And everybody read together, I want to go. Do you know that I'm only hearing one person's voice? Isn't that amazing? Let's read together, everybody. Want to go? I want to mark that word in the in. In what? It didn't say in any in. It said in the in. There's a particular in. The means definite article. We're talking about one in. Well, we'll talk about that. So now, let's talk about the in for a moment. Because this is a very, very interesting, interesting stuff. Hallelujah. I like this one. Now, King Herod was, he was the, he was the great king over Israel back then. And Herod was not the true king of Israel. First, Herod was not a Jew. He was an Edomite in the first place. So, how come he became king? Of course, he fought his way. But you see, the, the beautiful thing about Herod was that Herod was a builder. He built the city of Israel. You know, he spent time developing the nation. That's what he did. But he was not a Jew. But you see, Joseph and Mary, right, they were both descendants. They were direct descendants of King David. Where did Joseph's, if you study, the, remember, we have four Gospels. What are the four Gospels? The first one, Matthew, uh-huh, Mark, uh-huh, Luke and John. Notice, only two Gospels keeps for us the genealogy of Jesus, right? In the book of Matthew, 
it starts with Abraham and David. It's trying to show us that Jesus is a king. And if you notice, it's talking about Joseph's lineage. Joseph's lineage started from Solomon. That's one of David's child. So through Solomon was in which Joseph was born. In the Bible, there are two Josephs, by the way. Are you still here? <laughs> Don't confuse the two. So I'm talking about the father of Jesus now. Are you listening very carefully? Now Joseph came through Solomon. Now Mary was also a descendant of King David. But through it, through it of David's son, Nathan. Everybody say Nathan. Now Nathan, by the way, means gift in the Hebrew. It's a powerful name. So Mary was a gift. So notice very carefully. So Mary came through Nathan. And Joseph came through who? Solomon. Which were both sons of who? King David. Are you still here? Do you understand that? Now follow this now. So now Joseph had, he was a, he came from a royal family. He was the next to be king. He's supposed to be the king of Israel, not Herod. Mary also was a descendant of Nathan, which is also linked back to um, Nathan. Are you seeing? But in the book of Luke, the writer of the book of Luke took it all the way back to Adam. So there's a reason, there's what Luke is trying to do and what Matthew is trying to do. Matthew is trying to show the lineage of Christ as the true king of Israel. Are you listening very carefully? So Jesus was also born into a royal family. Hallelujah. Yes, we're the royal family. Now Mary, he was trying to show us how Jesus is a man. That means he didn't just come and took somebody's body. Like some devils do. They take up his body. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus was actually born with his own body. So Luke showed us how Jesus is fully a man, the perfect man. And then Matthew shows us how Jesus is the true king. Hallelujah. Someone now says, so how then did Jesus have a right to the throne? Seeing that the child came from Mary without Joseph's seed. Now, in the custom of the Jewish nation, if a child is born into a family, whether from the father or not, as long as that child is a member of his household, that child is an heir to the throne. So by from the two lines, Jesus had a double claim to the throne of Israel. Legally speaking, based on his lineage. Hallelujah. Now, now, Show me that, do you have that picture of um, the picture I, I sent to you? Can I, can I put it on the screen? Let me see. I want to show you something. Do you have the picture? I want to show you the map of how, um, I don't know, can you see this? You can't see it, right? Can you see it? All right, good. Now, if you notice, there are two, there are two lines there. One is black line, one is green line. Are you seeing that? Now, they are, they are coming from Bethlehem. Bethlehem was where Mary and Joseph was. So now, when Herod said, time for censorship, they had to travel all the way to Nazareth. Oh, sorry. They were both in Nazareth. They had to travel all the way to Bethlehem. Are you following? Because Bethlehem is where Jesus was born. Now, you see something. Now, if you are going from Nazareth to Bethlehem, there are two roads. You can either follow through Samaria or you follow through the Jordan River. Where do you think they would have followed? The river? Or the road. Good. Now, most devoted Jews don't like to follow the road because they don't want to pass through Samaria. Because the people of Samaria always insulted them, lambasted them, and frustrated them. So every Jew would like to go through Jordan River and avoided all the heathens, avoided all the Gentiles. They would just bust out of Jordan River, pass through Jericho, and enter, um, enter Jerusalem to Bethlehem. So, Joseph and Mary went through, and both sides is about four days' journey. Three to four days' journey. Actually, five days' journey. 
because you can cover 20 miles in a day. Because you can't run. There's no car. There's no uh, uh, bus. You can't horse. It's like trekking. 20, you know what I mean to trek 20 miles? You do that for one day. You rest two days. So five days, they were moving through the, the places that Jews would never follow. Hallelujah. So now, they took all the insults. They took all the nonsense. All the shame. And they went. Now, why is it that Joseph had to carry Mary? Even though Mary was not in any Bethlehem. There's a reason why. Remember, Joseph had not yet married um, Mary. He was only betrothed. That means he was engaged to her. Now, in the Jewish custom, if a woman is not married and pregnant, two things can happen. She will be stoned to death according to the law because that means she committed fornication and she got pregnant. Remember that woman caught in adultery? That one did not even get pregnant, just caught in adultery. What did it to her? They had to stone her to death. So Mary's own is even worse. She's carrying pregnancy. So they, she was at risk. Joseph leaving her, will, it will be at a heavy risk. He may come back and not meet his wife or his child again. So he had to carry her with him. Even with the pain, with the, with the pain she went through, with all the turmoil she went through, with all the road going up and down, up and down, she went through that journey and went to Bethany. Can you imagine? Now, when they got to Bethany, Joseph went to a place in Bethlehem called the inn. Everybody say the inn. When Joseph got there, give me, give me back um, um, Luke 2 verse 7. Luke 2 verse 7. Bible says, and they brought for the child and wrapped him in sardine clothes and laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I want to show you some history about this inn. Are you ready to see it now? You're going to be blessed by this. Now, <laughs> this is so powerful. All right. Now, the inn, actually, it is called Kimham Inn. Give me back that screen. Now, everybody say the inn. It's say Kimham, not Chimham. I know you don't say Chimham. It's Kimham in the, in the, the H is silent. Kimham. And then you have the Silk Road. You have um, Casa Varseria. Are you catching it now? Now, I'm going to tell you some things about these places. Hold on this screen. Now, the inn is actually called um, Kim, Kimham Inn. That's what it's actually called. I'm going to explain why it is called Kimnan Hin from the Bible. Follow it very carefully. Now, the Kimnan Hin, let me read what I wrote down for you here, um, is actually located in the greater Bethlehem. The inn was a well-known place for travelers to stop along their travel. Now, in those days, when people travel for long journeys, they build what they call inns, where travelers can stop, they can buy drinks, eat food before they continue their journey to the next place. Are you following? So now, this inn, I'm going to explain who owns this Kimam Inn. This place that Joseph went to. Who owns that place? You're going to see it now. So, so it, was, it, was, it was like a lodging place in the Middle East. So in those in the Middle East, they usually have this experience all the time. They go through it um, every time. Now, there was a place called the Silk Road. Everybody say the Silk Road. Now, the Silk Road is... Um, it's an oasis called, called the Caravanseria. Now, Caravanseria, what they do is that in this place, when you come, they'll offer you water, they'll offer you drink, they'll also offer you a lodging place for your transportation. You know, it's, it's like what we have as modern-day hotels. Like when you're traveling and then you get tonight, you sleep over in a hotel and continue the next day. Are you following? Now, the Caravanseria supported, I'll tell you what's, what's, on, what's on Wikipedia. I copied it from Wikipedia. You can check it out yourself. The, the caravanseria supported the flow of commerce 
information and people across the network of trades routes covering Asia, North Africa, Southern Europe, and especially along the aforementioned Silk Road. The oldest of these still in existence in the, is, is called the present-day Turkey. It is almost 800 years old. Now, what is the history of this inn? Remember I told you, Joseph and Mary are descendants of who? David. Everybody say King David. King David. Now, who was this King David? Remember, David was a Bethlehem boy. Where was he taking care of sheep in those days? Remember, he said as, as, as a sheep, as a sheep taker. What was he doing in those days in Bethlehem? He was taking care of sheep in Bethlehem. Where was he taking care of these sheep? We are going to somewhere now. Now, before um, jo um, David went to the palace, the palace was in Hebron. Hebron was where the palace was, was there. But before he got to the palace, he used to stay in Bethlehem. He used to stay in the bush, in the area. Now, I'm going to talk about this. Story. Now, the home in Bethlehem where um, David grew up was passed down to him by his father. Who was David's father? Jesse. Now, who was Jesse's father? Obed. So, Jesse inherited that house from Obed. Now, who is Obed's moms and dad? Bible history now. Boaz and Ruth. Boaz and Ruth. Now, who is Boaz? Boaz was that rich guy from Bethlehem. Remember, remember Boaz now? Now, who was Boaz's father? Samon and Rehab. You know who Rehab was? Rehab was a prostitute, right? She got married to Samon. Samon was the one that gave birth to, to, um, to um, Boaz. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing the history I'm, I'm giving you? Now, look at something very interesting. Who is Salmon's father? Salmon's father is Nashon. Nashon was the captain of the tribe of Judah. And was the one who led the Israelites by the Red Sea and by the River Jordan. This Nashon. So Nashon gave birth to Salmon. Salmon married Rehab. Rehab gave birth to Obed. Eh? Obed and with the wife gave birth to Boaz. Boaz married Ruth. Have you seen that? Then gave birth to Jesse. Then David. I seen the history. Now, who is who now? We are going somewhere now. Now, let's study about a guy, a man called uh, Basilia. Second Samuel 17. I want to show you the history of this inn. Now, the king went on to Gilead. And Chimham, hey, I told you Chimham inn, remember? Now, who is this Chimham? And Chimham went on with him. And all the people of Judah escorted the king and half the people of Israel. Now, something happened. Absalom, who was David's son, was envious of his father. He was angry with his father because he didn't kill um, his brother who raped his sister. So, he wanted to take over the throne and become king. So, his plan was to go over um, King David, kill him, and take the throne. So, Absalom, you know, fought. He, he took the people by force. He wanted to fight the father. And the father refused to fight him. So David left him and was looking from where to find refuge. So he went country to country to find refuge. Now something happened. When David came to this king, you know, Chimam went on with him. And all the people of Judah escorted the king and had the people of Israel. Now look at verse, um, the next verse. Wait, go back. Something is wrong. Go back. I said verse 37. You jumped 37. 2 Samuel 19, 37. 
Uh-huh. Good. Now he says, please let your servants turn back again that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and mother. But here is your servant Chimham. Let him cross over with, with my lord the king and do for him what seems good. So now Absalom died. When Absalom died, he didn't win the, the, the battle. David wanted to go back to meet Absalom. Now, give me verse 27. 2 Samuel 19, 27. There's something we're missing here. Uh-huh. Everybody read one to go. The shore. Uh-huh. Nasha. Uh-huh. And the people of Ammon. Uh-huh. Lodeba. Uh-huh. And Bezilia, the Gilite, from where? So, David met a man called Bezilia, the Gilite. Now, what did this man do for David? Next verse. 28. Read, want to go. He brought bread and basins, eating vessels and wheat, balings and flour, parched grains and beans, lentils and parched seed. Next, 29. Look at, look at enough food. Honey and cod, sheep and the cheese. They, they even eat cheese those days. Chiefs of the head. For David and the people with him were. So when David left his palace and went to hiding, Basilia was the one who took care of him. The man, the man gave him food, gave him animals, and ensured that David and his men were fine. He says, for they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Now, drop that now to verse 37 now. So now, after Absalom had died, David now wanted to go back to his palace. Are you following David now said to Basilia, follow me. He said, follow me. He said, you have been a blessing. I want to bless your generation forever. Look at the blessing. Now, Basilia said, no, I don't want to go. Take, take, take my servant, Chimham, to go with you. Everybody say Chimham. Sorry, not Chimham. Say Kimham. Kimham. Okay. Now, he said, let your servant turn back again, that I may die in my own city, near the grave of my father and mother. But there is your servant Chimham. Let him cross over with my lord the king and do to him what seems good to him. Verse 38. And the king answered, Chimham, Kimham shall cross over with, with, with me and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Verse 39. Then all the people went over the Jordan and, went, and when the king had crossed over, the king kissed Basilia, that's the man who helped him, and blessed him. And he returned to his own place. Look at that. Now verse 40 now. Now the king went on to Gilead, you know, and Kimham went on with him. And all the people of Judah escorted the king and also half the people of Israel. So that's what happened. So it happened that when, when after, because um, Basilia was very old, the man was somewhere around 80 years old. So he thought that, no, he can't be traveling that long. Let me just die in my city, you know. So two chapters after, Absalom was killed. They were ready to go back. And the man said, I can't follow you back. Instead, take Kimham with you. Let Kimham. In fact, Gilead is the present-day Jordan. Jordan. I'm not, I'm not even know Jordan in the, in the map of the world. G Gilead is the present-day Jordan today. Now, um, so this was the place where David found refuge. And the man helped him. The man blessed him. Are you still here? Follow me because I'm giving you history now. Okay. So now, he wanted to reward Basilia, right? For his many kindness. But the man declined. The man said, no, I don't want. Now, let's continue the story. Now, in, when they was about to die, something happened. First Kings 2.7. In fact, when David was old, the man became very, very funny. He told his son, he said, kill this person, kill this person, 
kill that person and show that person suffers. He was just lamenting when David was about to die. So in, in verse 7, look at what he told his son Solomon. He says, but show kindness to the sons of Basilia, the Gilites, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. So David remembered that day and said, this particular lineage, ensure anything they want, they get on this table. And Solomon said, yes, sir. Now, remember, Basilia didn't follow him. Who followed him? Kimham. That means who was going to inherit all these blessings? Kimham. Now, now, let me give you a story now, a background now. Which, which we now, so now, in fact, we don't even know who are the sons of Basilia, by the way. The Bible didn't tell us the names of these people. So we don't even know their real names. All we know is sons, ba, sons of Basilia. That's all we know. Now, let, let's see how Kimam inherited this thing. Jeremiah 41, verse 16. Then Johanna, the son of Karin, and all the captains of the forces that were with him, took from Mizar and all the rest of the people whom he had recovered from, Ish, from Ishmael, the son of Natina, after he had murdered Gilead, the son of Akim, the mighty men of war, and the women and children, and the Enoch, whom they had brought back from Gibeon. Verse 37. And they departed and dwelt in the habitation of Kimham, which is near Bethlehem, as they went on their way to where? So, listen very carefully. What Kimham inherited was in Bethlehem. Okay. Where was the inn? In Bethlehem. Now, follow this story. We are going somewhere. Now, the great home that Kimam inherited became the inn, which this inn, who built this inn? Let's go there. This inn was formerly the property of the royal family and the lineage of King David. Now, let's see how this happened. When Joseph and Mary came to their great-grandfather's property, they told them there's no space for them. Can you imagine that? This was something that belonged to them. David gave it to Kimham. For some reason, the thing has turned to business. They turned free property to business. So when Mary came, a pregnant woman, they could not even say somebody, give us your room, let's use. They said no, because why? They didn't have money to pay, so no room for them. This was this property actually belonged. But you know what? Joseph didn't say anything because he knew. He didn't talk about it. He just said, God, let God handle this as he wants. Are you, are you, are you still following? So, where is Joseph now give it to Jesus? In a manger. Are you seeing that? Now, what is this manger? Hmm. So, they had to give birth in a dusty, dirty, lowly stable animal where animals were kept. That was where they gave birth to Jesus. Now, this manger. Let's talk about this manger. And let's talk about the original owner of the house. Now, this Kimham Inn, who built it? It wasn't David that built it. Who built this, this Kimham? Um, let's go to Genesis 35. Who built it? Everybody read one to go. And Rachel died. Hold on. Who is Rachel's wife? Hey. Who is Rachel's husband? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Who is Rachel's husband? Jacob. Good. You guys are very good Bible students. Now, so Rachel died and was buried on her way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Now, verse 20. Everybody read one to go. 
on her grave. So, Jacob buried her on the way to Bethlehem. That means it was in Bethlehem he buried her, but he set up a pillar, a mighty pillar. Are you seeing that? Now, verse 21. Then Israel, notice the name has changed. 20 says Jacob, 21 says Israel. Remember, God changed the name of Jacob to Israel. Now, Jacob was his natural name. Israel was his spiritual name. That means there's a spiritual secret hidden in this verse. We're going to see it in a moment. Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent towards beyond the Tower of Eda. Everybody say Tower of Eda. Now, the Tower of Eda is what is called the Tower of the Flock. The Tower of the Flock is what they call the Tower of Eda. The Tower of Eda was the place where David used to take care of sheep. Remember, when David was a young boy, between Bethlehem and where this place is, it's, not, it's, like, it's like, a, like a 20 miles gap. So the sheep that David was taking care of in those days, they take care of it in the Tower of Eda. Now, the, the, this sheep, their purpose is for sacrifices. Now you can understand why David will kill any animal that wants to touch any sheep. Because this sheep, their purpose is to die. Their purpose is to die. And the manger is where they feed the sheep. They take care of these sheep for the purpose of sacrifices. Revelation is coming now. The same place Jesus was born. Animals were born, were taken care of in the manger. The same manger where they prepare animals for sacrifices. Jesus was born in that same manger. Telling us that he the sacrifice for the whole world. Hallelujah. Santa Hey, glory to God. Now, this Kimam Inn was built by Jacob. Because Jacob set his, he pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eda. Jacob was the original owner of this inn. Because he loved his wife so much, he didn't want to stay far away from her dead body. So when he buried her, he built an inn. He built a small place, a tent for himself, which later on, David will inherit it from his father. So the, the family grew up in that area. Are you seeing that? And David was in that place, taking care of sheep. But when, but Mante. But you see, centuries after, the royal couple, Joseph and Mary, they came, the parents of David, the great, 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 great grandson, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, he came to his property. They said, there's no space for you. No space for him. And then, how, how ironic this could be. That there was no place for the real owner of the house. Jesus was the, actually the owner of that house. Because after his parents, he's the next to inherit it. He was the firstborn. He came to his house. They said, no space. How terrible that could be. That's why he said the inn. Because that inn had a history behind it. That's why Joseph went to that place. Because he knew that that's his grandfather's property. At least they should have given him a small room. They said, no space. Hallelujah. Instead, they went to the manger. The manger is not far away from the building. Because the manger is where David take care of flocks. Hello, somebody. Are you enjoying the story of Christmas? Yes. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing the beauty of the scriptures. Hallelujah. Now, go back to Luke chapter 2, verse 7. You know, when Jesus was born, an angel appeared to an angel appeared to shepherds. Remember? Shepherds. And what the angel told them was very sketchy. All he said was, a child has been born. He says, in a manger. 
He said he's wrapped in, in what? In saddle clothing. I laid in the manger. That's all the angel told them. How did the shepherd locate where he was born? We'll see that next week Sunday. Because the angel gave them sketchy information. He didn't tell them the exact location. He just said a baby in saddle clothing. There's a reason why the Bible says saddle clothing. There's a reason why. Mark that word. We'll talk about it next week. He was wrapped in saddle clothing and laid in a manger. You know, in those days, in a manger, when they give birth to, when an animal gives birth to another animal, that, that animal is also wrapped in saddle clothing. Why? Because any animal that has blemish cannot be satisfied for sacrifice. When, when, when an animal is brought, brought to the high priest, the high priest has to inspect the animal, check that there's no spot, check that there's no blemish. So to ensure that the animal doesn't injure himself or herself, you know, while growing up, they wrap the baby in saddle clothing and keep the baby safe. I'm talking about the animal babies now. The same way Jesus was wrapped, the same way the lambs were wrapped in the manger, the same way he was wrapped. And the Bible says, he told the shepherd, who are shepherds? They take care of flock. They understood the message. They understood the message. So the angel spoke to them in coded language. You know why? Because God did not want to know he didn't want Satan to know the location where he was really born. So he spoke to them in coded language. It's just like when the angel appeared to the wise men. They used stars to follow him. How can star lead them to where Jesus was born? You will see that too next week. You will see the, the gospel in the star. How they were led through the star to find where Jesus was. And you will see the mystery of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I love the scriptures. I love the scriptures. Glory to God. I'll stop here today. Stand to your feet this morning.